Hey, Joel Malkin for WJNO.com and the Florida News Network. And we are staring right down just a few days away from the uh, 2024 legislative session. And we have on the line, we, we've been reaching out to different lawmakers from uh, around the area. And we have on the line uh, District 91 uh, State Representative Peggy Gossett-Seidman, uh, Republican. Thank you for joining me. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. So um, I'm just kind of reaching out and talking about some of the bills that uh, you folks have already filed. And um, uh, we obviously – I'm not going to keep you on the phone. I know so far you got six on here, and, and you said you mentioned earlier that a seventh is coming. So let's, um, let's just talk about some of these. And I, I see one of them on here, HB 165, the Safe Waterways Act. And um, I, I'm pretty sure that's something that you probably will want to discuss. Sure. I, I think it's a, a wonderful bill. Uh, we have bipartisan support. We call ourselves the Water Women with <laughs> two uh, representatives and two senators. Um, Lori Berman and I, Senator Berman and I, ran this last year, and it needed work. Uh, and then to give you a little vignette here, um, an incident occurred July 4th in the Boynton Beach Inlet, uh, which uh, thrust me further into rewriting and updating this bill, and that was there was a, a spill in the Boynton Inlet from the Boynton Delray wastewater plant. Fifteen million gallons of sewage entered the intercoastal, and there was not a notice for several days, for between three and nine days. And meanwhile, on July 4th, people were all over the beaches and in the waterways. So um, I jumped into that unknowingly off our boat to cool off just north of the spill and thought it was green pea soup, and it wasn't. So uh, I further we further tweaked and drafted the bill to um, provide a central location. It came to me at like 4 in the morning, a central 911-type number when there is a wastewater, chemical, or any kind of a hazardous spill in any of our waterways and a central website reporting, and thirdly, uh, a methodology of holding municipalities, cities, and agencies and counties responsible for, for timely reporting. So none of this exists a, right now, huh? It exists in different—good question, Joel. It exists in different levels. Each, each a state agency, DEP, Department of Health, and Florida Fish and Wildlife all have their own websites. Department of Health has a Clean Water Initiative website, but it's not interactive. And so my goal is, since this is environmental, is to have the DEP, which does an outstanding job, be like the clearinghouse and run the website and um, oversee the reporting phone number. And I, I thought of we should use 426, which on the phone dial is H20. Wow. All right. And that's in the bill? That's written that way? Yes, yes sir. That's easy it to is. remember. It, it's a, yeah, it is. And, and uh, those numbers work. And Senator Berman actually was the one responsible for the silver alerts when you see on the turnpike. Mm -hmm. And then Senator Anna Maria Rodriguez jumped onto the bill, and her district encapsulates the southern half of the Everglades and all of the Florida Keys. And therefore, she's very interested in keeping our waterways safe and uh, clean and happy for all of our 
all of our residents and visitors to enjoy. This is not this is not an anti-tourism. Somebody said, "Oh, you're going to upset tourism." No, this is going to tell people if there happens to be a spill, which all the cities are updating their infrastructure um, with federal and state money and their own tax base. This is just to say, today or tomorrow, take a break from the beach, go to the movies, go to the zoo, take a hike, and then come back when we've cleaned it up. It's it's really a, a great bill, in my opinion, and I've got a lot of backing. I think I had about 15 colleagues jump on to co-sponsor it. And you said there is a um, there is a companion in the Senate, correct? Yes, Senator Berman and Senator That's Rodriguez right. are are. Right, running it in the Senate as well. Um, I'm looking at uh, some of these other bills that you have uh, you have filed, and um, uh-huh. this is a, this is an interesting one: removal of roadside memorials. Now, maybe you have to be a local uh, to get this. We'll have people listening to. Uh, um, you know, in other areas of the uh, of the state, but uh, I I will presume that this was kind of inspired by what happened. Uh, Emily Slosberg, well, Emily Slosberg King now, uh, yes. she's just married, but um, there was a roadside memorial there, and I'd have been there. Gosh, I forget how many years, but many years. Twenty-seven uh, years, yes, yes. Yeah, sir. commemorating her, her twin sister, uh, and and the other uh, teens at the time who passed away uh, in a, a a car crash. A, uh, uh, nonetheless, it was removed, and uh, I guess she wasn't informed. I guess somebody saw that it was gone and told her, or something like that. Right, you're right. Good memory. Uh, yes, this this takes into account that situation. And interestingly enough, I had a call last week from a reporter in um, Fort Myers, Cape Coral area, and they also have a roadside memorial to five kids who were who perished last year, just last year, in an accident. And so he was interested in the bill. Uh, basically, this protects memorials. It, there's no criminal penalty if you remove one. You're not going to jail. But it protects them and asks, with very strong language, that if someone wishes to take down a memorial, you make best efforts to contact the the installer or the families of the deceased person, because this means a lot to people. These memorials, you see them, you think, oh, there's another Star of David, there's another cross, there's another teddy bear, but the 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 point is, someone took their last breath there, and. It means a lot to the family to maybe visit it once or twice a year or every day, whatever they wish. If it's removed, that's a big emotional toll. So let's just be vigilant, make best efforts. And I will add a footnote. Um, I check with the, the Florida Highway Patrol, the DMV. The, the agencies do not remove memorials unless, of course, they're fallen in the roadside or they create a visual hazard, but they have, they do not touch them. They are very cognizant of the meaning. This protects people who install them and the memories of people who died. Yeah, in the in the case of this specific memorial we're we're, we're talking about in Boca Raton, uh, it was yes, uh, it was a county official that had gotten some information that um, I guess it was a mishap, more or less, is the way it was explained. Yes, sir. It was a mistake. Uh, the the engineering department removed it by accident, not knowing it was not even the county land. It was land provided by Lake Worth Drainage District in good faith and actually protected by the Lake Worth Drainage District uh, for the families. And all five families were 
very devastated. And I was happy to, uh, when I heard about it, I was actually driving home from Orlando from meetings. And I pulled off the highway and went downtown and met with um, County Manager Virginia Baker. And she did say that they would, I literally drove off the road, and she said that they would certainly um, make amends and, and, you know, make make it up to the families, put it back, so forth, and which did happen. And um, people make mistakes, and we have to move on from that, and this bill will protect, hopefully, further, mis- you know, further errors of judgment. But but the, the um, Dory Schlossberg and the other four kids who perished there, I remember that well. My kids were tiny then. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, oh, I was emblazoned in my brain, like, make sure your kids are safe. They're in a car. They're belted. Uh, it just, I was happy to and honored to run it because I never forgot that, that accident. Um, and it's just a couple miles. It's in my district, just a couple miles from my house. And so it, um, I'm happy to run it on behalf of everyone in, in the county. Now, in a... In a uh, in a Tallahassee where you know you, you have so much focus on property uh, insurance and 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 all these other things, uh, are you you know this as you mentioned the importance of this? But are you getting are you getting support from this? I know you have the uh, the, the Senate bill is, is there as well, but like yeah. have you have you? You know, mention this to other. I don't know how it works, but have you know have have sure. others have others in Tallahassee talked about this and said, yeah, I'll support yes. it. Yes, I've got quite a number of colleagues in, in in strong sympathy for what happened because it did make state news, and um and it vigilant and I'm sure will support it. It's hard to say no to something like this that is a bill without criminal penalties and without a big fiscal to it. And my Senate sponsor is Senator Anna Maria Rodriguez, and she her district is Southwest Miami Dade, half the Everglades, roughly, and all of the Florida Keys. And she's a mom, and she was very happy to to jump on and co-sponsor this. And if you've ever driven the Keys, you'll see memorials along the roadside there where cars went in the water, or whatever. And um, and Miami Dade has plenty of roadside memorials, and she's happy to ensure that they they as well as the rest of the state are protected um let's uh talk about hb 135 voter registration applications and you have a co-sponsor um a couple of co-sponsors but one right here from our area mike caruso um what uh he's a state rep what uh tell me what this does sure the motor voter is um very important bill and very simple um I was running in a primary last year, and this came from my experience. I did not go looking for this bill and realized after I won the primary, a lot of friends called and people I met in the streets and people walking and for the general said, gee, I couldn't vote for you. I'm really, I was an NPA and I'm not an NPA. I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican or whatever. And so, oh, I said, that's interesting. I had so many of those. I went to Mike Caruso, my colleague, uh, and he set me up to go and speak. Well, I, he said, talk to House Speaker Paul Renner, which I did. And it, after 11 months, we realized of research and phone calls that there was an IT glitch at the DMV, Department of Motor Safety and Motor Vehicles, DMSMV, headed by Dave Kerner, our esteemed and wonderful former county mayor, and so I worked all summer, spring and summer, with Dave Kerner's staff 
and Cord Bird, the Secretary of State, and his staff and the House to construct this bill. What happened is there was an IT glitch at the state level for all county DMVs that if you didn't mark down your party for voting when you went to register to vote at the DMV when you renew your license, it reverted you to an NPA. Mm. It was an IT glitch that was going on for several years, and this bill, they fixed the glitch. They worked on it all summer, all the way through August. It's pretty much they rewrote the, the script. They rewrote the screen sign-up uh, methodologies at each DMV. When I say they, it was DMV, their IT company with oversight by Department of State, and no longer will you be able to lose your party designation without a specific signature. Nor, this bill also protects any rogue employees, which I don't keep, didn't have any proof of that, but just in the rare instance you get a rogue employee changing by accident or purpose um, your voter registration, this prevents them from being able to do so electronically. And so it's got wide support. I've spoken to the governor's office about this and the, and, uh, the safe waterways um, and they were very keen on them both. So this is codifying into the state statutes, the fixes that they made. And after the fixes were produced, the NPAs dropped from around 33% of our state to around 18% automatically in one month. What, um, so this was somebody who was trying to, to vote for you in the primary and couldn't because it said they were an NPA and, and it was a glitch. Correct. Essentially. And it, right. Okay. It was a dozens of people. I've been here 32 years. It was a lot of people. And that got my eye. I'm a former reporter, as you may know, with the Palm Beach Post. Yeah, I um, was a reporter there. So I kept asking questions and asking questions. I probably drove a few people nuts. But, but Cord Bird and Dave Kerner, they were all in. They said, we have to address this. Uh, this was something going on from a previous group of people. It was not, not in this administration. Um, it was not even from this IT company, I don't think. So it was a lot of work, um, not a very big fiscal. It was just a matter of staff time and, you know, some IT changes. But it has been ultimately pretty much fixed, and um, I, I think it's a big – everyone should have their right to vote, no matter what party they are. Everyone should yeah. have their right to vote as they wish to vote, and they didn't. And so we're, we've repaired that. Now, you don't have um... – on the House page, uh, I'm not seeing that there is a, uh, a a companion bill in the Senate yet. Perhaps it just hasn't been updated, or do you do you expect to get yeah. one? Yeah, it was filed. I have three senators um, who had said they would file it, and uh, Jay Collins uh, put it into drafting. And then of the three of them, um, they are working out who will actually run it based on how many bill spots they have. So it's it's en route. I, I believe. Essentially. I believe. Yes, sir. I believe Jonathan Martin is running it, uh, the, the state senator from Fort Myers, Cape Coral area. And I don't want to keep you all day, but um, sure. you know, if you could pick one, one more bill uh, to talk about, what would it sure. be? Sure. Well, they're all, they're all terrific bills, but um, I think that um, a, very, a very important one, not only for the county and the state, would be the um, a dredging bill. I have a very simple bill that... When we do beach renourishment, which is important for our visitors, our residents, all of our beaches, whatever, wherever they are, um, ocean, intercoastal, there are beaches all over. I, Boca has, my district has like 13 beaches on the 
intercoastal and um, ocean. Even for inland, when we're in Palm Beach County, we might forget, but there are beaches on the lakes. We have 15,000 lakes in Florida. They have beaches um, adjacent to their docks and their public areas. But this would ask that, this would demand rather, that the agencies providing beach renourishment, restoration, actually get a third party to oversee and monitor that they do not damage the environment, whether it be corals or or seagrass or mangroves. But every now and then you get eh, guys on a barge half a mile out with six guys on a barge who, who can oversee them. We want to make sure that they do their due diligence to keep the coral reefs protected and all the natural infrastructure protected. Well, I, I had a feeling you were going to go to that one. I had that page open. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a I'm a water nut. I'm a former lifeguard, and uh, just you know, we want to keep our. If we don't have our waters, then uh, we don't want to turn into Iowa. The Florida is known for our beautiful yeah. waters and beaches, and we have to keep it that way. It's not that hard. And you have Rodriguez right from thing. Miami on on this one as well. In the uh, in yes, the sir. She's a water woman. That's. Uh, the men are the men okay. laugh, but it's uh, it's just that it happened to be that, that they were the senators who were very interested, and it, it it affects the whole state. Panhandle is Key West. Everybody wants we want the, the waters protected. Um, and and, and I'll, we'll wrap up here, but uh, in just a question here, in um, previous regular sessions, we've had abortion bills. Do you envision any anything like that coming up this time around? You know, it's a great question. I've heard yes and no. So um, I, I certainly will um, look out for that. I, I, don't, I don't know that it's top priority for everyone in my district. I, I don't think it was last time around, but it is an important issue, and I'm, I'm, I'm open-eyed to see what happens. I don't, I don't know of anything at this point. I've heard of a lot of bills. Uh, there are a lot of them. There's really usually, what, around 1,000 or, or more, right? And then only up to maybe around 200 pass. Yes, yes, that's, yes. I was lucky to have five. I've, I was in my first year. I will tell you, I, I, my, my goals on top of my bills are to have a heavy look at HOAs and insurance. And I hear about that. And when you go back through the news stories over the last, however you, far you want to go back, it's an issue every session. It's never quite fixed, but... I hear about it from my residents, and I am on top of a couple of bills that haven't even come out of drafting yet, but you will be seeing we're going to try to go back and be a heavy hitter here. We were not able to fix it in one session. Right. There was an HOA bill, and I I thought it might have passed. There there was one specific one, but I couldn't cite exactly what it does, but I think it did pass last year. It did. We had two, both by my first-year colleagues, Juan Porras and Vicky Lopez, representatives in the Miami-Dade area. Theirs were good bills. It was like a beginning, and then we need to bring back perhaps I've heard of perhaps a central reporting agency who can oversee rogue HOAs. Um, uh, We've opened up the insurance. It takes time to, you know, it's not like you can fix it in a day or a session, but we've opened up the insurance agencies and brought in another dozen or more insurance companies, sometimes the smaller companies have better sensibilities in reporting to the state level. Uh, I know they're working on it. It's just it's frustrating when you get your bill in the mail and you see your insurance is doubled and we can't fix it in a year or two. But 
we're we're trying on both sides. It's we're all trying. It just didn't happen quickly or well enough in one in one session. This is going to be your uh, your second regular session, correct? Yes, sir. Absolutely, yes. You feeling you feeling more comfortable heading in than than you maybe were, uh, you know, the first year? Uh, I I was comfortable enough that when you get to know the system, you're able to even have better. Um, projected results and I, I I think people know me they I'm on JLAC and they've seen me ask the hard questions and I'm not afraid of asking questions you know when you're a reporter you better not be afraid to ask the right questions yeah so um, I'm happy to go in there and I, I've got strong support from the house I've got good friends on the Senate side and that's what you need you, it's not hard to do the right thing and that's what I try to do every day you do the right thing all right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, speak with us. We've got the uh, session coming January 9th. Right. And uh, Peggy Gossett-Sideman, District 91 State Rep, appreciate it once again for coming on with me. Thank you, Joel, and thank you to all the listeners. Appreciate your time.